Peace, y'all. I am Jessica Raquel, a.k.a. Brown Sugar, and this is the first episode of Brown Sugar Said It, titled, This Shit Ain't About the Presidency. So, my first guest is my cool-ass, dope-ass, one of my older brothers, uh, Lamaj, the creator of Current Mood Club. He is a movement. (coughs) He is a streetwear icon. He is an artist icon. (laughs) (laughs) All the things. (laughs) Right? So, All right, enough of that. No, go, yeah. no it's like, no, no. What up, world? Uh, like she said, this is Lamage Etois checking in. Um, if you guys listen to this, you guys probably know me as, I guess, formerly known as Jamal. And I guess we'll probably get into that mm. a little bit later. But yeah, no, I'm excited. This yeah. is fun. We were just chopping up before this. So I'm excited. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So I heard my coworker the other day say some shit along the lines of by the way if um profane idiom offends you please politely and respectfully click off because uh, there's gonna be a lot of that very free space uh we don't believe in that um <laughs> <laughs> let them know let them you let know. know let them know uh but my my co-worker said some shit along the lines of you when you deliver news you deliver it in a sandwich so it's like all right let's talk about some bad stuff all right, let's talk about some good stuff, and then let's talk about some stuff that you low-key can change, right? Right. So let's start right. off with some, we're going to do an opposite upside-down sandwich. Hey. I got a little thought that I wrote down at work, because I be thinking at work. It's kind of cool. So here's the thought. Let's get into it. So when we say racist, there's this unintentionally concealed understanding that it low-key implies white people or white people who specifically just have this prejudice towards a certain race or ethnicity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we ascribe a lot of their microaggressive tendencies, their condescending just verbiage or tone of voice a lot of times when they address certain people, their savior complexes, yada, yada, to their racism, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I want to clarify, I'm saying unintentionally <coughs> concealed, because the truest definition of racism, at least in the systemic sense, being that, okay, so you have this ability to exert this sort of financial, political, judicial dominance over a people, in part with this agenda founded on a hatred for that same group of people. This, this has most recently become like public knowledge. And we've just started, I think, in like the 2000s, early 2000s, starting to identify like racism solely with a group of people who have the power to exercise their prejudice in a way that like affects whoever their hatred is or whoever their hatred is directed towards. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying all this blah, blah, blah to get to this big ass question, which is. From the black person's perspective, I'm not even going to check my notes anymore. I'm going to throw them aside. As black artists in the community, do you feel like we sometimes give other creatives and other artists of color a pass um, when they exercise a good amount of prejudice towards a specific ethnic group? So not in the sense of like, oh, it's okay, but more so like we need to prioritize um, reprimanding white hate before we can reprimand a person of color hating another group. A, a creative was like, man, fuck, fuck African-American creatives and shit. You know, they always talking about racism and all that. You know, we all hurt and all that. Da, 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 da. Right. And do you feel like we sometimes like let that go unchecked for the sake of saving energy for when a white creative 
says some off the wall shit about us. Yes. Okay. Simply yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Black creators specifically. We can kind of. So I read this book. It's the, the the five dysfunctions of a team, right? So like mm -hmm. we were looking at black creatives as a team. One of the like the pillars is um, accountability. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of the, 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 the top things they talk about. So I think mm -hmm. as black creatives, accountability is huge because <clears throat> to your point, I guess, yes, I think we would check someone that's white or whatever maybe looks, you know, white whatever, mm -hmm. and, and quicker than we'll check someone that looks like us when they're talking about mm -hmm. the same thing in a different context. I don't know if that answers the question. It does. It does. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think about because like I, I had a post on Instagram a couple months ago with this director who um, someone asked him it was this this white anchorman I think he asked him well, well why can't we say the n-word or something, something oh he's like well say it he's yeah. like say it you want to yeah, say it yeah. say it yeah I he's like you know it. I can't say it you know I can't say it yeah he said no say it say it no no yeah. it's, it, 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 exactly perfect example like put, yeah. putting him in an uncomfortable situation yeah right then it's it's easier mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying it's like you know say it you want to say it just say it and it's mm -hmm. like you know he don't really want to say it in like again in like in, in that context kind of thing you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying but it's like you on that platform like y'all better talk about something else mm -hmm. because we're forward thinking a lot of times some shit is like look but we're we're past thinking like that or we're past having that mentality so we can mm -hmm. move forward and if you want to move forward some shit you just gotta like either talk about in a different talk about in a way where you're gonna be heard yeah yeah that's what sparked this idea for a post <coughs> And COVID nineteen. Uh, no, right, no, for real, yeah. It's not, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's, it's not a laughing matter though. Put your mask on, goddamn it. For real. Uh, no, but it sparked a, a post. I was just like, you know, hey, white people and people of color who do not at all identify with blackness, mm -hmm. you are not allowed to say the n word. And then, of course, I went to detail briefly or whatever. But that's not the point of why I'm mentioning this. But mm -hmm. I'm saying that to say, like, I'm trying to normalize checking people who I rock with who are people of color and don't identify with blackness. Because mm -hmm. I noticed, like, back in, like, you know, maybe, like, high school, I can be real with y'all and say, like, sometimes I let it go unchecked. And after attending the illustrious Florida a and University, further awakening my mind, uh, <coughs> I realized that that wasn't okay. And... I'm not going to live in the past, as Lamage said, I'm going to live in the future. So I try to try to check it as soon as it happens. So I say that to say, like, I'm, I'm trying to get into this habit of checking the homies. Like, you know, eh, you can't really say that, man, because that's that's kind of up. Like, right. I know I know we both we're we're brothers and brethren and sisters in the sense and kins mm -hmm. uh, from a non-binary humans. Uh, but like in the sense of like, we all know what struggle feels like. But right. in the same breath. Respect that my struggle looks pretty, pretty different from yours. This is so good. You I know, swear, I swear this is good. Like this is about to, this yeah. is about to open up conversation. Just you because know. I feel like I'll say it doesn't necessarily bother me when certain people say the N word. If I'm being honest, mm -hmm. and you said it, and I was thinking about it as you said it, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of it had to do with the fact that you know you went to an HBCU mm -hmm. and you were able to see things a lot differently. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Even to the point where, like, you know, when, when I would come visit you kind of thing and I would just get a taste of it and I would, you know, see different things and you would tell me different stories. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, shit, like, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's like insight that I didn't have, you know, growing up or when I was in college kind of thing, right? So right. with that, I feel like 
specifically like the n-word right yeah i feel like a lot of times and being from florida you're from florida mm -hmm. a lot of times you see people that say the n-word that grew up in an area where they were just like the people around them type of thing in the okay. sense of like they grew up the same way whatever it may be mm -hmm. when it comes to like spanish um and black kind of thing mm -hmm. i've seen it all the time to the point where it don't bother me i have friends that say the n-word you know because mm -hmm. we kind of like like because for me niggas like a homie you know right. what i'm saying like like a nigga's just someone that you rock with right but with that on the other side like the respect of it like there's mm -hmm. white people shit you know the eminems you know other other uh jason williams basketball player yeah like white boys that grew up in the hood whatever it may be and will never say the n-word like i yeah. got i got white friends and i've never heard any of my white friends ever say what up nigga to me like right never in my life right spanish yes really that's that's really it mm -hmm. just never another black people you know what i'm saying so like yeah it doesn't bother me as much mm -hmm. uh just because like charlamagne said this before we're like we gotta stop saying it if it's gonna have the negative connotation that we feel like it has when other people say. Because you went to an HBCU, mm. that's something where it, it, even now, to this day, you mm. know what I'm saying? Me and you will have conversations, you'll tell me different things that literally I look back and kind of just think like, damn, I wish I would've gone to an HBCU. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that would've been dope to be around like everyone, everybody looks like you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like uh, my boy uh, Akeem, shout out to Skrilla. So mm. his, his family is Sierra Leonean. Um, and then like, like, like they're like, tuned into their culture, right? So yeah. like, they go back to Africa, whatever it may be. And like, even me going to DC mm -hmm. was a small taste of like chocolate city. Yo, for, yo. Chocolate so city. before I moved, the nigga, uh, King was telling me about like DC chocolate city. Uh, yeah. The nigga Taylor was like, bro, you're going to love this, bro. I'm telling you, you're going to yeah. love this. I'm like, all right, we'll see, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Then I go there and it was just so dope to see people that look like me mm -hmm. doing shit. Mm -hmm. in all different industries like mm -hmm. people are going to law school people are going you know being an accountant working in the creative space mm -hmm. people got their own brands They're, you know what i'm saying and like mm -hmm. we all look alike and we all doing it so like that was my first taste of that energy yeah. i'm like yo this is this yeah. is different you know what i'm saying so like and his 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 family would always tell me like you got to go to africa they say like you come back with a with a second like different type of pride yeah you, know you what breathe I'm saying? differently yes you, you walk around like hold on bro like i'm I'm good. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, 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 we're doing shit. So yeah. Well, yeah, two was, points to what was, you said. Yeah, yeah. Saying. Please bring it back. Bring it I, back. No, no, because yes. I, I feel that is when you said something about basically um, non-black identifying people of color and then like white people who grew up in a community where like authentic and just raw, unapologetic blackness was accessible on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. When they use the word nigga, it's like. I understand that this is a culture so like we I feel like we operate in a world in a society where dominant culture is closer to whiteness and something Eurocentric than it is anything like African derived right or like just related to that at all right so it's kind of like um, when we pick up on quote-unquote white-ish colloquialisms and shit or whatever it's like they're somehow not offensive to the originators of it mm-hmm versus black people, specifically African-Americans in this society who have taken, um, and I think as a coping mechanism, have taken a lot of words that were used against us or weaponized. We've tried, we're in the process of flipping it mm -hmm. to de-weaponize it and to sort of make it something that uh, feels like kinship. So yes. I guess it's yes. just like, I'm bringing it back around to say like, if you are 
non-black identifying person of color and you just like you rock with blackness until someone mistakes you for being black but yet you want to use the n-word you know i can't i can't really i can't rock with you i can't fuck with that because it's like everybody loves blackness till you till someone mistakes you for being mixed Thanks. And then it's like, no, 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 I'm all da 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 da, I'm all da da da. And it's like, nah, but you were trying to say the N word a few minutes ago. So it's like, do you want kinship with the accessories and not the pain that comes with it? Right. I don't know. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, I want the cool ship and all that negative context, you I know. Ain't trying to have, yeah. I ain't trying to have. Like, you really got to choose. Like, are you in this kinship full on or mm-hmm. is it only cool when it serves you? Right. I don't know. Right. But that no. was my point no, on that's, that. That's a good point, though. No. That's, that's that's why I'm all. That's a good point. And then it's like it's it's kind of hard because as black people, I know we're we're this constant debate of is it is the n word that serious? Are we giving it too much power? Versus the historians who are like, nah, we need to recognize what where it came from and like mm-hmm. and respect that it hurt our elders, you mm-hmm. know. I feel like as black people, you know what I'm saying, and, and across the board, hear me out right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> people want to be like us. Oh, <clears throat> Everything yeah. we do is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't understand that as a black person, yeah. like, don't try to be nobody else but you. And because of that, to bring it, you know, we talk about streetwear. A lot of industries are looking to streetwear for stuff, right? Because now mm. they can't, they can't figure out what's going on with the kids. Big industries, Coca-Cola, fucking you name it, McDonald's. Mm. They're all out of tune with what's happening with the kids. Like, like, and before they were the front runners type mm. of thing. But now they have no idea what's happening. Really? Yeah, like they don't know. They're not in tune with the streets. So because of that, they go to streetwear. Mm. So streetwear has a power right now in like all industries. Mm. Like no other industry has like the influence of streetwear type mm. of thing. And if you look at, you know, streetwear and... and streetwear is the culture the culture they talk about the culture culture you know what i'm saying so yeah. now because fashion and music go hand in hand right of so course. like a lot of times if you're a musician you it get tapped into it. fashion right you, you you meet a designer the de- designer dresses you you get certain things on right mm-hmm. when athletes are warming up mm. they're listening to the music of the people over here then they try to dress like them wow. and these people over here are trying to prove that they're athletes meanwhile everybody's trying to be both of them so Jamal's my brother again. Obviously, Nervous. I've been to a couple of things like with him. Like he had a cool ass um, artist symposium. Yeah. I hope I'm saying it right. Or forum here in Tampa. Yeah. She was cool as hell, that man. Q&A. Talking, yeah, yes, talking street, yes, yes. Uh, street word, talking art, and it's just like I, I was on the panel, but I stayed and just like listened and. Sure. I did not know that, um, and forgive me for my ignorance, but I didn't know that streetwear was so complex. Right. So now my question is: Are there as film and television have their own genres under them and music has its own genres, is the, are there sub, subcultures in the culture of streetwear? Because mm. now I think about it, across the board, mm-hmm. African-Americans, black people, we've touched everything in streetwear from the beginning to, to, to where it is now. Mm. So like streetwear, the big picture kind of thing, you break it down, it's fashion, it's food, it's artwork, mm. right? And then, and then music kind of falls in that whole kind of space so okay. and then with that so like specifically with with fashion so like fashion there's like sportswear there's luxury there's high-end mm-hmm. there's all that kind of stuff was broken down but mm-hmm. with like having our touch on everything so 
there's a guy, his name is uh, Hiroshi Fujiwara, right? Mm. So Hiroshi is from Japan. So mm. Hiroshi, they basically say, is the godfather of streetwear. He's from Japan, OG, like, mm. fragments. Like, he is, like, the OG out of Japan, the OG of streetwear. Mm -hmm. And his story is, basically, he was in Japan. He went to New York mm. in the 90s when hip-hop was booming. And he literally, this is during a time where, like, this was before you could download music and stuff. So he was a DJ. He's, okay. like, 18, 19 years old. He would come to New York. He would link up with other hip-hop DJs. He would mm. take the hip-hop records, go back to Japan, and spin hip-hop records. And yeah. that and basically, so in Japan, he's the shit. Why? Because uh. you went over there, he's dressing like hip-hop artists. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's putting his own twist on it kind of thing. But and he's playing hip-hop music. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, where, where streetwear is started. Are we influencing stuff from the beginning to now and everywhere all over subject? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. So the one thing about streetwear is you got to be real and you got to be genuine to what you're doing. Okay. And because social media, right? So, so social media has played such an influence on streetwear. Can I break down like the, the yeah. fashion side of it real fast? Yeah, all right. So, so, right, so mm -hmm. seven, eight years, if you look at how we, the consumer, heard about trends and stuff like that, right? Mm. So there was a fashion insider, right? So the fashion insider would basically go to these stores kind mm. of thing. They would pick out, they would say what's hot. They would decide, okay, this is gonna be hot. So then buyers from those stores would go to the fashion insiders, put it in their store. Then we go to the stores and then we see it and we say, okay, that's hot. Mm -hmm. Now it's literally flipped. Oh. So now the consumer decides this is hot. This is what we want. This is mm -hmm. what we want to get. Insiders have to be tapped into that. Then the insiders go back to the retail stores and say, hey, you got to have this, this brand in your store. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like now it's completely flipped. So mm. because of that, if you're not genuine, like in your art and your craft kind of thing, people see right through it. Like mm. period. It's, it's, it's dope now because like in fashion, it's starting to take a big turn because like a lot more people that look like me and you yeah. are starting to get opportunities in fashion because we had that moment where we said, you know what? We don't need y'all. Mm -hmm. We're going to do it on our own. Mm -hmm. And with that, we became more popular than these big fashion houses. You mm -hmm. know, the, the Dior, the Louis Vuittons, the Gucci, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like Versace, like mm -hmm. we were doing our own thing to the point where they said, you know what? We got to start bringing them in over here. Mm -hmm. So then Virgil gets a job at Louis Vuitton, the first african-american head designer over the men's uh mm -hmm. Louis Vuitton line you have uh the dude salib who's the head footwear designer at versace mm -hmm. black dude so so like like you know what's so weird we we got so much more influence now mm -hmm. and because we kept it to ourselves now they gotta come to us to get it right and that's what's dope for me you know what i'm saying to see especially right. as like a, a young black creative <clears throat> i consider myself more of a a connoisseur mm. of art than like a like like an artist but mm. because of that i feel like i, I sit back and watch a lot more mm. because i'm not necessarily in the trenches all the time i'm kind of just watching okay i want to learn about this process and then right. seeing the process of kind of things so is it is it a good thing to be almost like this anomaly in a certain industry well specifically in the fashion world and the streetwear realm to mm -hmm. be like this anomaly as a black creative because then people have to come to you who aren't tapped into the black community. Is is that 
good for us or is that kind of detrimental because then it's like we can no longer focus on getting our own shit off and going we're here helping out people who already have their shit running both because if you look at it it's it it's something where it's like virgil right so Mm. he he started with off-white so so it's dope because what they do is they still have like they're the brand so literally Mm. they become the brand so virgil has off-white off-white is probably doing just as good as louis vuitton he just kept collecting the check for Louis Vuitton. He's still producing on the off-white. He's still oh, okay. doing shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's what got him. He can do a collab with Nike. He's done it. Jordan mm. with off-white. He's still doing that. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's like now in the creative space and like, if <clears throat> you know my, my, my background. So like seeing it from the business side of things, mm-hmm. it's almost like looking at a resume. And now people are saying like currently I'm head designer at Louis Vuitton. I'm founder of Off-White. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, creative director at blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm a blah, 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 uh, you know, um, um, brand influencer for McDonald's. Da, 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 da. You know, like, yeah. the resumes are getting long now. So because of that, for me, it's motivation. It's like, it's okay. showing like, but you, but you got to, don't forget where you come from. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Other stuff is going to happen. You can do that. That's when that hustle come in. It's yeah. like, all right, I'm literally talking about working a job, multiple job type of thing. It's like, yeah. all right. I got my own business. I'm also working over here. I'm also working over here. I'm collabing over here. Mm. So like, I think it's good. I think because because now they have to come to us, but we're not stopping what we're doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? To like, <clears throat> to give it to them. And it's kind of like they're investing in us <coughs> without knowing. Mm-hmm. Like keeping your business but they know, in your pocket. Bro. Oh, they know. Okay. So like, fucking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use the name and we're going to stay on it for this and that's it. <laughs> Kanye West. I know it, right? Don't don't tune out right now. Don't cut off. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Nigga just nigga just said click. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Here we go. So to go back, so there's like an interview with, with with Kanye West that he did with, with Sway Lee, right? Mm. Years ago when he said, You don't have the answer, Sway. So everybody knows that oh, me, that right? You don't have that. the answer, Sway. So what they was talking about was how Nike wouldn't give him the infrastructure that he needed in the contracts to build his own brand under Nike. Mm. Basically, Nike said, there's no way you're going to be able to have your own brand under us. No way. So that's what he was asking Sway. Like, how do I get past that? Fast forward. Now, Ye has a deal with Adidas that had it for a few years now. Mm. He's literally created his own brand, like the Yeezy brand, like Kanye West, but specifically Yeezy Mm. as a brand is huge. And he's literally showing, like, this is what I was trying to tell you. I was trying to build, mm. but Nike wasn't having it. Mm. Adidas is a Germany-based company, German-based company. Nike is based in where? I don't know. USA. Oh. Oregon. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he basically said, I had to go overseas mm. to get, you know what I'm saying? So, he kind of, you see, like, hey, I, I, I was telling you, Nike would give me the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, with that, and I, and I talk about it with a little, so, like, yeah. like literally with, like, Yeezy, right? To mm. talk about how... When you know your you when you when you create a brand you become the brand you can mm. do other stuff and still like build your own things like and street what we call it yeezy university type shit right mm. so there's people that have worked for kanye west so they've worked for yeezy and i'm okay. gonna just i'm gonna just run off some titles right now right mm. so <clears throat> virgil right so we know virgil abloh off-white okay. louis vuitton mm. came from yeezy camp worked for kanye west worked for yeezy Salib. Head men's footwear designer at Versace. Mm. Came from Yeezy Camp. Okay. Jerry Lorenzo, uh, Fear God brand. It's all over. Like, people wearing Fear God. Right. Yeezy Camp. Kanye West. He came from Yeezy. Worked for Yeezy. Huh. Uh, Matthew Williams. Mm. It's a white dude, but still, Matthew Williams. Mm-hmm. Head designer at Givenchy now. 
has his own brand of leaks. Yeezy can. can. Bro, there's there's so many uh, Chinatown market founder. Mm. Yeezy can. Like, there's so many people that came from, you know what I'm saying, where yeah. it shows like, because you won't let him have the infrastructure because they won't let us build certain things, they know what we can do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, <clears throat> if we build something and we, and we, I think, I think that's the biggest thing for specifically like black creators right now, mm-hmm. become like, literally you become the brand mm-hmm. to the point where like people are investing in you. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side of that, what's that mean? You got to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. So you got to invest in yourself before you expect someone else to invest in you. Type shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, when you be like we become the brand that's really all we need it used to be you know you got to have this you got to have that credential you got to have that now literally us just being us is enough mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you dope enough you genuine enough mm-hmm. that's all you need everything else will, 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 will happen because of just who we are and where the world is going type shit you know like the world mm-hmm. the world is going in a place where the world is becoming a lot smaller yeah but shit don't change where people want to be like black people african-american whatever you want to say right you know what i'm saying like that's a fact yeah and i know people like that's still it constant. ain't but it is you know it what i'm saying is. like yeah. it is not but it is though. Like, yeah you touched on it a little bit we kind of normalize moving in silence you know real g's moving silence like lasagna like yeah. <laughs> we so. always we i feel like specifically in the black community in america it's kind of like if you're making moves you better do that shit silently quietly don't don't stir up any uh, ruckus, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like, in some cases, I guess in the since we're talking about streetwear and fashion, so in those worlds, mm-hmm. is it smarter to build in silence or to build loudly I for was, black people, for black creatives, from that perspective? I'm gonna say silent always. Mm-hmm. That sounds. I, I I would say silent in, in fashion, in business, <clears throat> art, whatever you're doing, like. Build it silently only because we talk about the game, right? The right. game that we play. So if the game is they don't want to see you win, mm-hmm. right? They don't want to see you do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That we are in that, that that's the game, right? They're always looking for that. So if I'm playing the game and I want to win the game, mm-hmm. it's almost like playing like tag type shit. I'm not going to hide in the open. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just build my shit over here. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to mess with me if I'm building it over here type shit. But it's still going to mm-hmm. be genuine you know it, it's still gonna be productive or, or still gonna be successful right because i'm building it you know perfect example i would say is like because i guess it it was quiet because I, I i heard about it kind of through other people but like what nipsey was doing in his neighborhood nipsey mm. hustle that he's you know building the piece. right yeah. facts like like real og types like you know what i mean like a real nigga type shit mm. he's building shit where it was you know silent you know he he, he not out here let people know, hey, I just opened up a school, you know, and, and not knock people that do that, but it's like, you know, different G's move different ways type shit. So like, right. I'm more of a silent G where it's like, I'd rather build and I'm gonna do what I do. When you find out, you find out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I think there's not any 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 right or wrong. I think it's a preference. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I I think some people you want to build, you know, loudly. That helps people out too. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? As long as you're building, I mm-hmm. guess. That's the thing. Like, as long as you're building, if you build a quiet, if you build a loud, make sure you're building up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the biggest thing. Peace, Bakers. I hope y'all enjoyed episode one, part one. And check out Jory Ane's newest single, Chocolate. If Brown Sugar said it, it must be word. Peace.